Thank you to our music team. I'm going to speak from down here. So you've got to sit up straight a little more. I know a few of you are walking around in the back trying to stay awake after that fishing trip or other things you did this weekend. But this morning is going to be a great morning. And I'm, I'm going to stand here because I'm going to have Cherith come up. We're going to have a little conversation too. And to me, whenever I'm preparing a sermon, I'm always trying to think of how can I illustrate that? How can I put this in a picture? How can I, how can I convey this in a tangible way that makes sense for everyday life? Jesus was a master at that. He would always have a picture or he'd show people something. So today I think we have a living, breathing, several examples of a picture of what it means to fulfill those words, go into all the world. Uh, if I were to describe uh, what is Valley about, what is this church about? Following Jesus, and secondly, helping others do the same. So if I, if I could say this is our prayer for you, is that you come to the place of following Jesus in a personal, real, dynamic, meaningful way. You come to, come to him, and you come to know him, and you can talk to him, and he hears you. You're convinced of that. He builds your faith. You learn of him. He walks with you. And through all the tensions of life, you come to know that more and more. That's our, that's our greatest desire. It's not religion. It's not that you be here every Sunday. It's not that you give money in the offering plate. It's not that you do all these good works, but you come to know Jesus as your personal Savior. He's your friend. Secondly, is that you can help your friends do the same. You know, as imperfect as that is, because it's always imperfect. Uh, how can I share this with my friends? Tell, I tell you what he's done for me. I'll tell you what difference he's made for me. Uh, it's not so much preaching at them, it's just sharing the good news. So when we talk about the gospel, the gospel is in its essence... Uh, we think of Jesus is the gospel, his death, burial, resurrection, and what that provides for us is good news. So gospel means good news, and inherent with that is telling it. <laughs> if it's great news, you know, good news, you want to share it in whatever imperfect way that is. So I, I think of these words, Matthew four nineteen. Jesus said as he's looking at these fishermen, I mean, they're down there fishing, <laughs> mending their nets. He says, follow me. Follow me. And then at the very end of Matthew, he says, go. I'll be with you. Go into all the world and share the good news. Now, how does a little church <laughs> like Valley Community Church do that? How does this small group of people that gathers on Sunday... How do we go to every person and every nation and every people group? And I think it's a bit overwhelming, so we just think, we can't do that. Even when you think of it personally, how do you do that? Because really these words, when Jesus says speak, he's speaking to you, he's speaking to us. Go, you go to all nations, all people groups and share this good news. How do you respond to that? Well, you're part of it. You're part of it. Now, we don't all go. <laughs> we don't all go because God doesn't 
call for all of us to go. But once in a while, he will work in someone's life, in our midst, in our part of our family, and he'll say, I want you to go. And you think that's what he's done for this young lady here, Cherith Hunt. She moved out to Colorado to be in this church. She got a job. And she was taking, she was interested in the deaf and sign language. And so she started taking a class. And lo and behold, um, God starts working in her heart about using that as a, a means. Um, where's Sue Ann? She meets Sue Ann. <laughs> what a great story. I mean, seeing Sue Ann come to faith in Jesus, was baptized here, and um, all through this working. Well, she's got a job here working in Colorado, loves Colorado, loves being a part of our church, never had any plans to leave. And then all of a sudden she says to me, she says, Pastor Mac, can we talk? <laughs> So she comes over and talking to Diane and me and says, I believe God wants me to go to Zambia. You're going to hear about this a little more. One of the largest in Africa, it's, it's mind-boggling the number of deaf people. Uh, and they have no access to the gospel. Now there's a little history there that she grew up in Kitwe, Zambia. Back in 2004, I had just left uh, pastoring and became president of the college in Wisconsin, and, and our main focus was preparing people for ministry. And so I got tied in with her dad, met her dad, Phil Hunt, who was wanting to start a college, a Bible college in Kitway, and so we helped do that. We worked together, and um, first trip over there, I met a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> we sit at the table, and we're talking, and... Um, I was talking about Northland. I think, I, th I think it's God's will for you to come to Northland when you finish high school. <laughs> Two years later, she shows up as a student. Susan was my secretary and uh, administrative assistant. And, and I said, you come up there, Susan will take care of you. So that's how they kind of built that friendship. Years went on. I left there. She graduated. I think the last uh, set of diplomas um, I handed out to our graduates and... Um, then she moved out here, became part of the church, and God brought us to this point. So we thought, how can Valley support her? We, we don't have the money. I mean, we're just, we're just kind of a getting going here, and uh, we don't have all those resources. And I think a lot of times we just, we just quit because say, I can't do anything. But I th I'll tell you what you can do for these people. Number one, what's the most powerful thing we can do about anything in life? Right. So we said, we're going to commit to pray for you. We're going to commit to pray for you. And we're going to look for every way that we can to help you. Now, financially, it hasn't been that much. But when she last was here and getting ready to go, using an illustration a missionary had used one time, he said, um, looking down, it's like this deep cavern or hole. I can't remember the exact details, but it says, he says, someone needs to go down there. <laughs> it's kind of like you'd imagine this uh, conversation. Someone needs to go down there. Everybody's looking around, and he says, I'll go down if, if the rest of you hold the rope. And that's basically what she's done. I'll go if 
do you hold the rope? So part of holding the rope is praying, doing everything that we can. I think a lot of what we don't realize is the encouragement they need. You're in a foreign land. You're a single gal. All the waves of discouragement uh, that can come your way um, is just is mind-boggling. So to me, what a privilege it is that we can, we can Valley Community Church, you say, how can we make a difference? And I've, I've said it this way. She has that on the mug. I saw your coffee mugs you have in the back. Life touching life. One life at a time. That's it. How do you change the world? One life at a time. You don't think of how can we reach all of Africa? How can we reach all of the world? How can we reach all of Lafayette? I can tell you how you can. One life at a time. The people you pass, the relationships you have, the story that God has given to you, that you just go praying. And once in a while, God's going to touch someone's life, maybe you, maybe some of our kids. We don't know. You just follow the Lord. And the rest of us are supporting that effort. We're being faithful where we're called. You're being faithful where you're called. So uh, that's the text of Scripture. Follow me. Go. Tell the good news. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the commands, the two commands. And this is a living illustration. We've had three living illustrations right here before us. So take this, and I'm going to give her just a few minutes to come up and share what's, what's happening there and how we can be praying for her. And then before she leaves today, I'd like to just take some time to pray uh, for Cherith. Uh, she's, a, she's, like, she's family. I mean, th this is our family. I mean, right, this is a great example of what God's been doing on the global scene. So Cherith, you come and uh, share about the ministry. but Pastor Matt beat me to it. So I would, I would, uh, I can't think of any uh, other group uh, and family that I would rather have holding the rope than Valley. So it's always a joy to come back, the highlight of my trip when I'm in the U.S. to swing through Colorado. Uh, I was very disappointed it's only a week this time around and not longer like many of my other trips have been. Um, and it's exciting to see so many new faces. Uh, as I was standing at the back, Pastor Matt says, oh, do you, do you recognize people? And I said, yes, but very few, um, which is, is a joy to see that Valley is growing as well, despite world events, right? God's, God's kingdom is still growing despite everything that's been happening, um, and that's, that's really exciting. And it's a privilege to be able to give you an update this morning about the continent of Africa, um, how God is advancing his work and the important role that as individuals and as a church you play and have been playing um, in that work. Now, bear with me this morning um, because I know many of you have been around for the whole journey. So some of this is revision for you, but there are so many people. I want to make sure we catch everybody up to speed and then give an update from there. So feel free the first couple of minutes if you want to take a nap because you've already heard it before. Feel free just wake up for the second half, okay? Um, but no, I, I hope that um, you'll be encouraged by what God is doing. And um, so let me just go ahead and start with the continent of Africa. But many people are surprised to realize that the continent is in the midst of an economic, religious, and numeric expansion. 
Um, in fact, Africa is the fastest uh, urbanizing continent in the world. We boast modern cities, we have upscale shopping malls, um, and yet this is in such a stark contrast to the poverty that still so many millions of Africans live in. Um, on a religious side, many countries in Africa would proclaim to be predominantly Christian. Um, but put that in, in brackets, because unfortunately, uh, this so-called Christianity really stems from the prosperity gospel that has taken Africa by storm over recent years. Uh, and for those maybe you don't, you don't, uh, aren't familiar with that term, uh, basically it's gospel, not really. But it, it says, look, give to God, give to Jesus, your time, your money, especially your money, and, um, and God will have to bless you. Um, and so he's like the investment, right? So we give money, then because you gave, he obviously has to double and triple and you know, quadruple fold give back to you. And so that really is the Christianity that has spread across the continent. Um, in Northern Africa, Islam is still dominating. And yet Islam is also expanding. Uh, it is actually expected that in Africa alone, they will double their followers to 960 million by 2050, less than 30 years away. And all of this is really happening during a population expansion. Um, Africa is actually the fastest growing continent numerically. And it is expected that really our population will double uh, in less than 30 years, the 2.6 billion people. And if you're like me, that figure doesn't even make sense. It's too big. Uh, it's a lot of people. Um, and what people really don't know about the continent of Africa, or, or maybe don't always realize, is that we are also home to the world's largest isolated people group. The World Federation of the Deaf estimates that there are 70 million deaf people in the world, conservatively, with the highest concentrations of those living in sub-Saharan Africa and Asia. Now, if you're not familiar with the continent of Africa, hopefully you at least know the shape. You put your finger right in the middle of the continent. Everything below that is sub-Saharan Africa. So the Sahara Desert's up at the top, northern Africa, and everything below it. And that's where the highest concentration of deaf are. In fact, um, WHO estimates that out of that 70 million, sub-Saharan Africa has at least 9 million deaf children. So that's without, that's without adults and teenagers, just children. Under, so people under the age of 18. And it is also estimated that 80% of the deaf, so seven, over 7 million of that 9 million children, receive no form of education. They will never go to school. They will never receive any formal or even informal education. And so um, with the unique physical needs that the deaf have, um, it really restricts them from receiving language, relationships, and education. And it, because of this, Joshua Project, um, as well as Wycliffe Bible Translators and, and, and others, really consider the deaf to be the largest unreached people group. So if you were to take that 70 million as one people group, even though they're spread out all over the world, they would make up the largest unreached people group with less than 2% 
having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now understand, when we say Christian, it doesn't necessarily mean, again, true gospel. There are a lot of religious, can we call them organizations, that would claim Christianity, and yet they, they really miss the mark. And so that 2% includes all of that. And so the need really is incredibly overwhelming. And how then do you take the gospel to such a needy people group? Um, because, you know, souls are on the line. It's a, it's a huge number, and it can be super hard to understand it and to, to fathom it in our mind. But all of those 70 million people, those are souls that will spend eternity somewhere. And so the question is where and who takes the gospel to them, and it's an urgent problem. And, and unlike many other people groups, it's not the solution isn't just show up, learn their language, and give them the gospel. It's a, it's a really multifaceted problem. How do you take to go the gospel to somebody who doesn't have language to begin with? Not just, oh, they don't have written language, so they don't have a Bible. They just don't have language. They don't have education. You can go learn their language, but how do you take the gospel if, if they don't know their language? And so it, it's a huge problem, and it, it makes sense to us when you look at all of these factors, why they're the largest unreached people group. And so the question is, what do we do about it? And really, transformation has to begin with training. We can't, no one person can resolve this problem. As Pastor Matt was saying, you, you, you can't attack the whole thing all as, as one person or one church. So, so how do we go about fixing it? And so this brings us from Africa and zoom in to the country of Zambia and what God is doing there through Central Africa Baptist University, which is where I work. We are an accredited uh, internationally as well as within the country of Zambia. We're an accredited university. So we're offering degrees and diplomas at the same level that an American institution would be offering them. And for some of you, as you know, um, we exist to train the next generation of servant leaders in Africa for Great Commission Living. And one of the ways that we are doing this is through a sign language and deaf studies minor. Now for those of you who are sleeping, wake up, okay? This is where the update begins. <laughs> All right, so um, basically what we're doing is we have a minor in place that enables us to equip students in the Bible program, our primary education program, the master's program, as well as grab community students who just want the minor. And it allows us to equip them um, to reach the deaf community. So we want them to serve the deaf in whatever skills that God has already given them, be that as a teacher, as a pastor, as a missionary, as an advocate, as a counselor, as a chaplain. Whatever it is that God has gifted and burdened them, they're able to go and do that skill and gifting, but with the ability to take the gospel to the deaf community as they are going, right? Matthew 28, it's as you are going, make disciples. And so as our students are going, we want them to be able to connect with the deaf that cross their path. And so in the past two years, since I've been here last at Valley, we've just seen God do some incredible things. Now I'm going to do a flyover, so hold on to your seats, um, because there's just so much that God has done. I'm going to try to give the highlights, and you can catch me after the service if you want some more specifics. But we have seen just tremendous growth in the, per uh, in the program. We've seen our team more than double in size in the past two years. So I currently serve as the director, and I teach a couple of classes. And then Samson has been with me since the beginning. He is deaf, and he teaches our sign language classes in the program. 
in 2020, um, God brought Esther uh, to us, and she works as our assistant. Now, the neat thing about Esther is she actually has deaf parents. Both of her parents are deaf. She grew up with sign language as her first language. And so she's been an incredible asset to the team because she already knows uh, the language. And she's a CABU graduate. She came out of our education program. Um, Sincere is just joined the team this year, actually, and she is our student worker. But her primary focus is interpreting the different things that we have on campus. We've got a deaf instructor, and there's some other uh, areas that we use her for interpreting. And so that's been her part-time role. And the exciting thing about Sincere is she came in 2018 when we first launched this minor. And she came specifically for the minor. And she kept saying she was leaving after a year. And it is now 2021. She is a senior at CABU. She stuck around for a degree in Bible. And she will graduate at the end of this year um, with her degree and a minor in sign language. And so that's been a joy to see God bring her along. And then not pictured is our part-time faculty, adjunct faculty member, Johannes Gitana. He has been a missionary to the deaf uh, since 1991. Um, and he comes in twice a year and teaches block classes for us on interpreting and on deaf ministry. And so God has just been doing a lot. And with the help of this team, we've really um, been focusing the past two years on developing our program. So we have been refining our curriculum. We've been re refining just the courses themselves scope and sequence, all that boring stuff See, some of you teachers know about. I won't bore you with it, but we've been really working on solidifying the program and we're seeing that come together. From a personnel standpoint, we're looking to the future. How do we make this program sustainable? And God opened an opportunity back in August for Sincere and Esther to join an online program here in the U.S. to train as deaf, uh, sign language interpreters. Now, if they are successful in a couple of years, they will be the first Zambians to hold a degree in deaf studies and the first formally trained um, interpreters. And so pray with us uh, as they continue their program. The program has also seen incredible numerical growth. We were averaging in 2019, we were averaging about 25 incoming students to the program every year. And I kept saying, coming into 2020, we're really close. I mean, we're, God's doing something. We're on the brink of something big. I kept telling my dad, 2020, we doubled. We had 60 incoming students, and we didn't know we were going to have 60. We, our team was scrambling. I was like, what do I do with them all? And everybody was laughing. They're like, you're the director. Like, you teach them. I'm like, we weren't prepared for 60 students. Um, and then COVID hit. Fast forward, I was super bummed. We had to close all of the, the language classes for the whole year because we couldn't go online with them. And I was just like, man, we had this momentum, and then COVID, and oh, we're going to start over in 2021. We're going to be back to 20 students. 2021 came around, and I had 60 students again. And so it was so excited to, uh, exciting to see what God is doing. And in addition, we really have a cross-cut of students. They're not just Zambian. These 2020 graduates, um, so they started the program before COVID hit, and, and they received their, their cert, uh, certificates. But these are the uh, students that represent Angola, Namibia, Zambia, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. And one of the joys for me is having each of these men come through my office or stop me on the sidewalk and brainstorm with me about how can they start a deaf ministry back in their home country. Some of them are in local churches right now as they finish up their degrees or their masters, and they're saying, what can we, um, you know, our, our local church wants to start a deaf ministry, and they'll brainstorm with me. 
highlight of, of, of what I do, to see students cap, uh, catching that vision. And um, ultimately, though, we desire to see the deaf trained. The whole goal is to see deaf students who can then go and reach other deaf. And so this year, God brought us Julia. Some of you have maybe been following along in the emails, um, but Julia went deaf at the age of eight. She was the statistic I was talking about earlier. For five years, she had no access to language, relationships, or education. She literally just spent her days doing whatever she wanted. And at the age of 13, somebody taught her Zambian Sign Language and told her parents where she could go to school. And so at the age of 13, she re-entered third grade. At the age of 27, which was the end of 2020, she finally graduated high school with honors unheard of in Zambia for a deaf person to get honors in their grade 12. And she has been begging to come to CABU, which of course, while that has been our goal, we were not quite ready to enroll for deaf full-time. There's a lot of logistics to that. But we brought her in part-time and she has thrived. She sat in my office just before I flew to the States and I said, Julia, why CABU? Because she was asking me again, so 2022, we're going full-time, right? And I was like, Keep praying that God will provide those logistics. And I said, but why, you know, why are you so passionate about this? She said, Cherith, there are other deaf kids just like me in Zambia and across Africa. I have to take the gospel to them. But I need to understand the Bible first so that I can go and take the gospel to them. And I'm like, done, next year, full time. Like, we're going to make this happen. So do pray with me. We are praying for five full-time students. We have one, Julia. Praying for more four more students in January of 2022 when we start um, that we will provide fully interpreted Bible degree program to them and we will as far as we are aware be the first university in all of Zambia as far as I'm aware in all of southern Africa to provide university level programs to the deaf in their own language and so pray with us um, one of my goals this summer is to offset that cost for those five students. Uh, as many of you know, even universities in the US, what students pay doesn't cover all their tuition. And so it costs us $4,000 a year per student. So I'm praying that by the end of September, there'll be $20,000 in our CABU fund that we know can help cover and offset those five students. Um, and so just, Thank you again for all that you all have done. I hear from many of you regularly. Um, it's very encouraging, as Pastor Matt said, to know that you're praying um, and, and the, the huge role that you've played over the, the five years uh, that this journey has been for me, getting to the field and then to Zambia. Um, I'd love to connect with you more. Pastor Matt mentioned there's mugs on the table. Please take one if you'll use it to remember to pray for us. There's also coasters we had made locally uh, in Zambia, so take one or both. Um, pray for us. If you want to make a donation to, towards those, there's a box there. That will all go to the education fund to offset for students like Julia, Sincere, Esther to continue their education. Um, so thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share with you, and I hope you'll connect with me after the service. For whatever question I didn't answer, I'd love to do it then. Well, you know what? This is our girl. It's our girl. And um, we're blessed. <laughs>